0: Today, this is Tino from the Quantum Feedback Podcast, episode number 16. Welcome to the Quantum Feedback Podcast, where together we'll explore the bridge between science and spirituality, translate the messages of the divine, and play the infinite game to live, love, and learn life lessons. I'm your host, Tino Beth. Let's dial in to Quantum Feedback. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Kathleen Hamilton. She is the founder of the Ikigai podcast, and in this episode we talk about all these great things about how to tap into your flow, how to discover your Ikigai, and then how to like go about living that and making that your reality. And this is a really fascinating concept because this is the the driving force between your life. It, this is your driving force. This is we're talking about purpose and finding your purpose in the crazy world of today and in the modern age of twenty twenty. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Kathleen Hamilton. Now, you can find Kathleen Hamilton at KathleenHamilton.me. You can also find her at, on Instagram at It's Kathleen Hamilton, And also, she's got a podcast, and that podcast is www.ikigaya.co. Just wanted to throw that out there because at the end of the interview, I actually forgot to ask Kathleen to share with us the places where we can go to find out more about what she's doing in helping people to find their purpose. Enjoy. Kathleen, welcome to the show. am really curious to hear about you and your journey in terms of, because you're surrounded by a lot of artists and naturally and creators and content creators and, and entrepreneurs, really. And really for me, like, taking this all the way back winding this back you know that that spiritual entrepreneur is someone who is you know taking you know their destiny by their own reins and creating the life that they want and mm-hmm. i'm i'm curious to hear from you you know many things regarding that including you know how we can go about doing that and and looking forward into the into the into the future especially with covid you know, what are the best ways to go about that? But I'm really curious to hear from you, like what are the biggest shifts that you've seen from people moving from, you know, like a modern industrial age of working, going to a job, job and, you know, conforming in that way to finding their own freedom or starting to create their own freedom by doing their own thing?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I'll give a little bit of context first as to how I can speak on this. So uh, I'm Kathleen. <laughs> I, uh, I work with a company called uh, Genius U. I'm on the board of directors and also head of product. So I support like, the technological development of this platform, which is providing entrepreneurial education both to adults, startup entrepreneurs, uh, business folk, and also uh, kids now. So moving into the youth space and actually teaching children how to create a job rather than go out and get a job, which is exactly what I think you're talking about here as well. Um, And yeah, I myself have been with the company for four years, but I've really grown up in this space. Like my whole life, as far as I can remember, has been surrounded by spiritual entrepreneur types, growing up in Bali and then moving to the US and kind of just making sure that I'm surrounding myself with people like this that are really, I believe, building the future for us. Uh, And I think in terms of like what's happening now in the world, we're seeing this shift into realizing that the old structures are no, no longer serving us. Like if we think about like the nine to five, you know, job day or the 40 hour work week, and the, you know, this is all really a product of quite recent ages, right? This is like the modern industrialist capitalist society, which is telling us that we need to be this amount of productive in order for us to be valuable. And I think people are seeing now, I mean, first of all, we're all stuck at home and the world is still turning, which is like revolutionary, right? <laughs> it's like... Things are still moving forward, even though we're not getting up every day and going, you know, into the office for our job or commuting two hours to like this cubicle, which we hate. Um, And everyone has more time to breathe and think and reflect. And it's bringing a whole bunch of stuff to the surface, right? Like there's all these societal issues now stirring up and like rising to the top in a way that we can now address them in some way and you know some some folks are addressing them and some folks are avoiding them but in whatever way we're all processing what's happening right now um and with that comes with this whole myriad of exploration into like what's possible in life outside of this productive work and how can you make money without you know without selling your soul to a cause that you don't care about like how can you actually create a sustainable lifestyle for yourself that you'd be proud of, you know, at the end of your life. So I think there's a lot of this stuff coming up and it's a fascinating time. I mean, I think it's a really exciting time to be alive. I think it's really tough for a lot of people. Um, And I think there's a lot that we're going to have to change and facilitate the change for. And I also think that there's you know, groups of people who have been working their whole lives to be ready for this change and are now going to be, and it is the entrepreneurs of the world and the people who have this power to make a difference because they understand how money moves, um, which still is the foundation of a lot of what we do in the world. And I think that there's a lot of people now that, you know, with more purpose and more intention can facilitate this shift into hopefully a more conscious world.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, yeah so many things happening it's it's incredible to just try just try and keep track of it all it's pretty hard
1: yeah for sure
0: <laughs> and it's um <clears throat> so i wanted to, like jump around a little bit you mentioned the green school and i know i followed um roger hamilton probably started following him back in like early 2000s mm. middle you know 2005 maybe and um and i'm really curious to hear about you know your upbringing because you sort of mm. have had an unorthodox upbringing and i've got a child and you know no. looking at the future and planning to bring her up in a in an unorthodox way you know homeschooling and writing the mm. curriculum and doing these things and and essentially like opening up her world to this entrepreneurial creative aspect you know, mm. probably from an early age, you know, like just encouraging whatever she wants to do and using mm. whatever technologies. But I'm really curious to hear from you, like what was the, um, you know, the effects, the ramifications, the feedback from, you know, being in Bali in a different place and, and having to grow up and, you know, in a hippie commune sort of green school sort of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. I think... <laughs> It's so funny, right? Because when you're a kid, you don't know anything different, right? So I I think back sometimes when people ask me this question, I'm like, wow, what was it like? And when I was growing up, it was just normal. Like kids are so adaptable, you know, whatever environment you put them in is going to become their normal, which is why I guess there's such a massive responsibility for parents to pick the right environment because the kid's not going to tell you if the environment's wrong necessarily, right? They're just going to think of it as normal and move forward in it. And I think, um, yeah being at the green school growing up in bali was such a blessing that i had no awareness of really it was just so taken for granted and looking back now and being able to reflect with you know my peers and people who i graduated with and then also now people who i've met later on through life who have had totally different schooling experiences it was so uh instrumental in what shaped me the i think you know kids are adaptable yes but they're also like incredibly intelligent (laughs) and like looking back like i remember working with when i was in the green school there's such a um intergenerational connection like there wasn't uh there weren't any walls which is helpful for learning but also helpful for connecting right like we were regularly in assemblies or um sports sessions or exploration days with kids in other years and in the middle school and high school we actually had a curriculum where you picked subject according to your like ability level or like prerequisites you'd completed so you weren't actually you weren't limited by your age group so like we were in classes with different age groups and got to like hear the experiences of people at different ages. And even in the senior school, we ended up like working with the youngest students. And I just remember being amazed at like how smart and creative and capable they were. And at the same time, looking back now, I'm like, wow, I was only 16, you know, and I was working with these like second graders and teaching them things. And these kids were learning and teaching me things. And just this like I think kids are really entrepreneurial like at, at the core of the word like entre- to, to be an entrepreneur is to like go forth and like create something uh and kids that's all they do all the time like they just want to go out and like make stuff and explore and like be curious and so the more that environments for children can facilitate that and i do think homeschooling like has the possibility of doing that really like any way you choose to educate a child um so long as there's room for growth and exploration and curiosity then they're like set you know and like reflection and interaction with other people who are going to like socialize them into the world that's that's the core of all of it so yeah when I was in it I didn't know how lucky I was and now that I'm looking back on it I'm very grateful for like the experience and the people that I got to interact with and the learning and the massive just like it opened my world for me because there was critical thinking, there was, you know, this curiosity and ex- exploration that I mentioned, there was multiculturalism, there was, like, it was hard some days, you know, not having walls is really difficult when there's monsoon season, but you figure it out, you get creative, you know, like, the rain's coming in sideways and you build your own barricades, uh, you know, we we gardened, we took care of animals, we built our own structures, we learned about sustainability, we learned about the awful things happening in the world, and it was really hard sometimes also (laughs) and and we were told that we would go out and change the world and then we all graduated and we were like oh (laughs) what now you know (laughs) like people tell you when you're a kid you can change the world and they don't really like tell you how necessarily um but looking at it now like there were there have been and there are so many amazing alumni of the school out there doing incredible things and actually changing the world um which is really awesome to be a part of i'm very grateful for that so yeah it was an incredible experience and like yeah bali what can you say about bali <laughs> it's its own it's its own type of special that island <laughs> and the people in it so it definitely yeah catapulted me into kind of a realm of of thinking and thought and possibility that i couldn't have dreamed of otherwise i think
0: mm. amazing mm. it's it's interesting um to to think that, you know, like we all adapt to our environments and we're all like now having to adapt now to this, this COVID thing, this shutdown, quarantine, mm-hmm. and really taking that, you know, that cue for a new beginning, you know, like obviously we have to all learn new skills. We have to all like change yeah, right. and, you know, like – our whole, whole world's changed. We have to, like, look at these screens a lot more and communicate through these screens. <laughs> and...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And we're all, like, getting this initiation into, you know, Society 5.0 or, you know, the yeah. future, this disruption, this decade of disruption that just it just began. Like, the decade just began and we just got massively disrupted. <laughs> sometimes i
1: forget we're in 2020 and now that you've just said that i'm like wow we are in a new decade (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) yeah
0: it's like oh we you know like we could we couldn't have timed this more perfectly to to begin (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) i'm just um curious into um your connection with ikigai and you know, I mean that's the name of your podcast, Ikigaya, which is like I guess that's like being on purpose, knowing what you're here to do and and building a whole planet full of full of people that mm-hmm. are all connected, doing their purpose, doing their passion. I feel mm-hmm. like we're somewhat aligned in that because I feel like if we if if people were just serving their purpose, um the world would be a much better place. Mm-hmm. I'd, lo- I'd love to hear your vision on on Ikigai and how that can how that can change the world. If that's mm. your you know, if if that is just if that is just one thing that we can do that we have hundred percent control over, how we spend our energy, mm. where we spend our time and attention.
1: Yeah, I love that question. And I would totally agree. I think we're very aligned in our visions of that. And one of the things that I think, you know this time that we're in right now is showing us is that so much is uncertain, right? Like there's so many things that could happen that we have absolutely zero control over. (laughs) And what you just pointed to, like, you know, us being able to step forward in action with, you know, something that totally is aligned with what we care about. That is something we have control over and something that I think more people, especially in this time right now are coming forward with and being, taking ownership of, I think the other thing that's happening in the world that maybe isn't as visible is like technology is moving at an unbelievably exponential pace. Like all of these things are converging. That means that technology like realistically is going to be able to do a lot of the jobs that exist right now in the world. So, you know, whether it is computer programming or Engineering or um, any any task that is computing oriented that can be automated is going to be automated, right? Like there's all of the jobs that we currently see in the world. Many of them will not exist in the next ten years, and this is the beginning of this like exponential decade. And so I think, on the one hand, like you know, understanding your purpose and creating towards it or doing things aligned with it is what's in your control. The other thing that is wholly human and is perhaps the most human thing is self-expression. And it really is going to be one of the only things when the robots take all the jobs that we currently like pride ourselves on. Right. (laughs) Because, you know, you're not going to be needed in a factory anymore one day. Um, There's going to be a robot who can do that job. You're not going to be needed to compute or calculate or run the numbers like there's going to be a robot that can do that better than you. What a robot will not be able to do is like express the way human's dress. Um, although maybe, who knows, <laughs> maybe that too in the future, but still it's like the one thing that we have control and agency over. And so I think, you know, for me, Ikigai really ties into, you know, it, it, it's got those four pillars, which I love, which is, you know, um, thing, something that you are, that you love, you, what you're passionate about, what, you're, what is purposeful for you. So what actually like is in service to the world, something that can make a difference. Um, what is the thing that you're good at? And what is the thing that you can get paid for? And at the intersection of all of those pillars is your ikigai. Um, And it's a Japanese word. And I think that... um There are some amazing books on Ikigai and the power of Ikigai, but really it all comes down to like this space within ourselves where we find the intersection of all those things and we're able to just like step forward in the world in grace and humility and service of something greater than ourselves. Um, And in the expression of that, however, that shows up for you, there's this immense power uh, because it's your own agency and it's your own decision to do that thing but also, you know, the power to change the world. Because when we're all in that space, there can be less judgment and there can be, you know, more good and giving and, you know, all that good stuff that creates a society that is more equal and more loving and more truthful than I think what we have right now, which is so built on kind of taking other people down. Like there's not, you know, there's not the equity, there's not the... The fairness necessarily, and also there's a lot of just like unhappiness (laughs) and lack of you know contentment or satisfaction with what we're doing, and there's a lot of damage done to the world. And if everyone was instead able to like express themselves and be in that space of truth and earn and make a living doing what they love, I think we'd just all be a lot better off (laughs) and a lot happier, you know. So this vision of like the world where everyone is able to do that, Um, and I do think that we're already at at a at a stage in history where we can already move more of a critical mass in that direction now don't get me wrong there's still you know there's still poverty there's still issues there's still climate change which is a massive thing we have to face and do something about but if we can you know the internet has made it so that so many of us can be earning in a different way and if those of us who are earning in a different way and getting to live this life of freedom and you know if we are all focused at our purpose and doing things to help others, that ripple effect can grow, right? And teaching others how to help others. And then if that's the place that we're coming from, then any education, any giving, any growth can go in that direction as well. And I think that's what we have a responsibility to do, those of us that are creating content and are able to sustain ourselves through the internet and have this freedom lifestyle. We have this responsibility to others, to help them create that life as well so that more of the world can live that way and we can just keep keep spreading the movement you know which i think is my big passion and vision for things as they are now
0: mm. Mm. <laughs> amazing yeah yeah so many so many intersecting overlapping circles going on here it's um mm. It's it's really interesting. There's a, a project that I've been working on for a while, and that's like taking this this quantum feedback framework mm. and and decoding that and and encoding that into uh, artificial intelligence, into a computer, so that mm. the computer knows its ikigai, so that the robot knows its purpose, its reason for being. Wow! So that we can understand, <laughs> we can understand robots and we can understand AI on a new level so that we trust it and we can relate mm. to it and it can relate to us then
1: mm, that's, wild. <laughs> that's wild yeah <laughs> that's yeah. so cool
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like the I don't know
1: discovering their purpose
0: yeah you mm-hmm. know I mean because you know, that there, there is this, like, we're at this crossroads or we're going to be at this crossroads and we're like, oh, how do we trust robots? Because we don't want them to, like, mm. launch nuclear weapons and, you know, like, wipe us off the face mm. of the earth because it sees us as vermin. So how mm. do we do that? And, you know, essentially we have to, like, encode this human trait into it in some mm. way, shape and form, like, encode more than just what it's designed to do. So that we can. That's very
1: like sci fi futurist of you. Like, I think think of like Isaac Asimov and his whole thing about like robots, you know, the the core purpose of robots is to like protect humans, but then the one rule is that they must not hurt or harm humans. So then, what do they do when the humans start harming themselves? Like, do they then protect some humans and harm others? And then it brings in the whole question of ethics. I'm so curious to hear about like what what you're finding in terms of like or like the spheres that you must be broaching by sort of teaching teaching robots right like how to how to be purposeful <laughs> and what that purpose might be and how that fits right <laughs> cuz for humans like we start as these we start as these like fairly complex beings like we've got all these thought patterns so, like society makes us complex because we're encoded with all of the things that we learn are right and wrong and all the rest of it but robots are like literally blank until they are coded with instructions and so to be building upwards rather than peeling back like i think as humans we have to like get clear by removing stuff getting rid of the noise whereas for robots you literally have to you know or computers you have to start from scratch and put in the ones and then build off that right so that's fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to it's going to be wild. <laughs> but but I think we'll start with the humans first. Like we'll start with the, you know, like our fellow neighbors and ourselves and and really like get mm. get in tune with what we're actually here to do like and mm. tap into that massively transformative purpose that we feel like a soul calling towards that allows us to mm. tap into, you know, amazing resourcefulness and creativity to express ourselves and to go mm. forth and to create new things from there. Yeah. It's really, that's um, really the the fundamental, the most fundamental. And then it's like, Oh, if we have to save humanity from robots, well, we'll create that app.
1: <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I was just wondering what's, what's your um massively transformative purpose speaking of robots in the future and,
1: yeah right i mean i think my you know my my massive transformative purpose i know that there's like a statement that i probably should have crafted for this moment um (laughs) and i've got a few that i'm working through in various iterations and i think a big part of that is like some part of my core belief around you know purpose purpose can and should shift over time right i think we should always be curious and, and moving things and transforming them <laughs> um, reoccurringly, like continuously in order to get more and more clear and impact more and more people. Um, but in terms of my best thinking on my massively transformative purpose right now, I really do think it is to um, to enable more people who are unclear, uncertain, and like, just unsure about what their next step is to realize and understand their, their icky guy so that they can make a bigger difference in the world. And I think for me in the long run, that really is working with graduates, like people who are of graduating age. Cause I do think that like our school system is going to shift massively in the next 10 years. I think that universities are going to have to change or become totally irrelevant. (laughs) Uh, And, and, For me, like working with people who are in that age to put together, you know, for them to understand that they can put together a plan and execute on it with ease uh, and be building like the businesses and the ideas of the future. Um, Because I think in in the long term, for all humans to be able to fully express themselves in a way that is aligned with their talents, their passions, and what is in service of the planet... Like, that's, that's my dream, my ideal world. My massively transformative purpose is to f- help facilitate that um, so that we live in a world where future generations can grow up and it'll just be their normal, right, to be able to do what they love in service of others, you know, for the good of humanity, for the good of the planet, and live a sustainable, like, fulfilling life doing that, <laughs> you know, without all of the, the shackles and chains that, uh, that capitalism currently imposes on us. Um, in a more fair and equal world in the future. Mm. <laughs> that wasn't as like succinct of a statement as I would like to get to at some point. <laughs> but that's my big painted picture <laughs> of oh, what it looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very nu- I mean, it's very clear. I mean, there's, there's a lot of problems out there we need to solve. And, and the, yeah. youth, the youth hold the keys to many of them, really. And mm. that's, um, that's a great place to start.
1: It's so funny because I remember being the youth and I think I maybe still am the youth a little bit but like like I remember being in school and people being like oh the youth are the key to the future and now I'm like 25 and I'm like dang like I think the youth are the key to the future so like which youth is it all the youth is it sometimes is it every time someone is a youth or is it just like actually everyone is the key to the future but we just see the youth as being the next generation but really we're the current generation right so we yeah. should be doing stuff too. <laughs> so that's like this whole intergenerational youth changing the world thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a little bit of the passing the buck going on there.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys deal with it. We 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 can't do it. It's all up to you guys.
1: <laughs> right. It's your turn now. <laughs> oh man.
0: So tell me a little bit about your, your like your morning routine and how you like tune your you know your physical body. Your like you know, cause we are the most intelligent, mm. you know, we are the highest form of artificial intelligence. We got these, you know, so much, um, going on mm. in our, in our body. Like how do you keep on track of that? And, and what, what's your practices? What, what are you doing?
1: Mm. What are my practices? There are definitely <laughs> every time I think about this, I'm like, Oh, there are more things I'd like to be doing. But as far as right now, what I'm doing, that's really working for me. Um, I am a big advocate of gratitude. I think, I don't remember who said it, but someone said gratitude is the the highest frequency of energy. And I do believe that. And um, so for me, I always start start and end my day with gratitude. I try to just bring that to my awareness when I wake up. Um, Often I mull over my trippy dreams. um, And then then I say my gratitude um, to myself. But then I am also my other major practice, I mean, I, I try to bring ritual into every morning. So for me, that's making tea. Uh, when I have the tools or the implements that I carry with me, I make matcha, which is like the best tea in my opinion. <laughs> and then uh, and then I, I journal. So I free write for 10 minutes. I always just try to get everything in my head out on paper, um, clear, clear the energy of what's going on. Um, and then I kind of have a practice around Bullet journaling, <laughs> which is just really like a method of journaling that allows you to lay out what's happening or what's going to happen. So, I do a lot of like planning in my life. Uh, it's kind of loose framework planning. I'm very much a type of person who likes to just go with whatever's happening. But in order to create structure and flow in my day, I find that creating parameters for what I'm planning or what I want to get done is really helpful. So, I have a little journal where I, you know, have my tracking. So, like, how did I sleep? How am I feeling like check in with my body and then what are the things that I want to get done today and I just write those out so that every morning I'm really like set up to optimize I guess my flow for the day and you know if there's a day where I'm tracking and I'm not feeling as good I'll put less things down on the paper that I need to get done but it lets me like both check in and be aware of where I'm at as well as like what do do I want to do with the energy that I have today what's my intentions for the day um, so that's kind of my key morning routine right now, which is working. And on days that I remember to, I meditate, but I'm not as religious about it as I would like to be. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the gratitude is like the core piece of it for me, I think.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Is, are you doing that, Um, you know, freehand, like on pen and paper? And are you using apps to take that workflow from, you know, f- from your, your bullet journaling to the next, you know, you know, the next, you yeah. like ramping up, you know, taking off yeah. and then you're now yeah, in the totally. digital world. And then what apps are you using <laughs> to, to do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. So I do, I do do the free writing on paper. I find there's something so like, um, important about like the tactile experience of physically writing something down for me. Like it feels very much like channeling out of me. I find there's a bit, um, I'm not quite at the full immersion of technology yet. I've tried it a couple times to just go straight into like, you know, my computer or my phone, but I find that it it really unground it it takes me away from being grounded unless I start on paper first. So I do both of my of my free writing and then also my bullet journaling on paper but then yes i do take my my bullet journal then goes into actually google calendar is my best friend because it sends me reminders about when everything needs to happen so and i usually have like a bunch of me things booked during the week that i need to like work stuff around so i'll go to google calendar and slot out the extra time i have into the tasks i want to get done and then probably my all-time favorite app or um yeah app right now both on desktop and on mobile is notion which is just like a kind of catch-all note-taking project management uh app i guess it's like it, it very much functions like a database where it's just got everything and it it creates it takes away the onus of organizing for me like i i don't like having to go through files or documents and like reorganize them like it's my least favorite thing to do my computer is an absolute mess i have to like prep things ahead of time which is probably very similar to like why i bullet journal i have to prep things ahead of time otherwise like it all just gets lost um but notion basically allows the structure to exist and then i can just input into that structure um so i have like a daily kind of task list that i copy from my bullet journal and then you know an overall like backlog task database of stuff that just hasn't got done yet but then it's also like what i use instead of google docs it's what i use instead of a notes app like everything that i write think um do is captured in notion as well um and I use it as my, like, personal operating system once I get onto my computer, which is really helpful to have everything in one place.
0: Hmm. Mm. Amazing. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds great. Although it's it's I'm getting out.
1: App- my team never stop hearing about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> People very- think I
1: work for them and market for them. It's amazing. I think Ocean's <laughs> the best. <laughs>
0: It <laughs> sounds very promising, you know. I'm 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 yeah. I'm looking at, you know, like optimizing and you know, trying to speed things up a little bit quicker than mm. what I have been doing. So and simplifying, I think that's probably gonna speed things up, just simplifying maybe less apps. Yeah, than just a couple
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I went through a phase of being like app obsessed because working in like product and product development I'm always looking for like what's the next best thing that I can be using but then I found myself downloading all the apps and it became like its own kind of procrastination where I had so many places everything was and nothing was super clear and I was so excited about all of it but it was too much right so then I'm like okay what's the one how about the one thing and now actually you'll see even online in the product development space every product is trying to be the one thing (laughs) like they're trying to be able to do everything in one thing because that's now the answer are looking for is that simplification mm. so yeah i do think it's important to find your favorite and kind of stick with it <laughs> mm.
0: yeah so tell me a little bit about your amazing adventures it seems like you're like traveling around the world now you're s- starting to settle down building a little hub um you must have been you know experiencing um, some amazing synchronicities, some amazing like chance meetings and occurrences and 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 just like beyond the realm of comprehension, like, oh my God, this is happening, like how's this happening? I was just thinking about that, like what you know like <laughs> <laughs> like creating new things like um you know, like that real time awareness of of meeting something that you've thought about before is that something that you're experiencing is is a have you have had radical accounts of yeah. that in your travels
1: i i actually love that question that's so it's it it's so you know there's this this essence of magic that really happens when you're just like open and aware to it and the synchronicities you know of all the moments converging and i think that there's so much that travel allows for that like I've been traveling now for, well, I mean, my whole life, it feels like. But for the last two years specifically, I've been traveling, you know, without a home base. And it's definitely, like, there are totally improbable moments <laughs> of, like, how is this possible? This is happening. I was i was in the—I was blessed enough to go on a trip last, wow, was it really only last fall? It feels like millennia ago. But, yeah, it was, like, last November, October, November time. Um, I went on a trip with a group of people to India, Nepal, and Tibet, um, and 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 there were just so many moments of like, "Holy cow, this is actually happening!" That it's like I had dreamt all of this happening, you know, in my previous life or something, and suddenly it was all really there. Um, and the conversations that trip were all about like slowing down and speeding up time and what does that actually mean and how do you do that when you're physically living in the present um because it is it's like this this whole experience of let be sped up or slowed down according to how you practice how you breathe how you exist in the world and it felt that whole trip just felt like a dream like it had happened already um which kind of fit in with the whole like mysticism and the conversations we were having, which was so improbable. Um, And we actually, you know, went to Buddhist temples and went to Tibetan monasteries and went to Mount Everest, the base of Mount Everest. We took a helicopter ride to the base of Mount Everest, which is just like such a trippy thing to think about. I'm like, wow, did that really happen? Um, And all of these conversations about time, there's a lot of like interwoven stuff about, like Buckminster Fuller because he's talked about all of this before, you know. And there are there are many greats in history who have talked about this stuff before, but Buckminster Fuller has always been present in my life largely because of like my father and his affinity for Bucky and like all of his teachings. Mm. And earlier this year, I was out on a trip with my dad and a bunch of entrepreneurs and we were talking about Bucky and it turned out that um Bobby Deporter, who is the founder of QLN and SuperCamp, which is all about exponential learning for students and accelerated learning. She had actually studied under Bucky and actually was one of the people who recorded his last few years of life. And so had been having like new... Bucky as a human being, as a person, which is like, you know, it's one thing when you hear about someone and you think about them and you read their books. And then another thing when you're like, oh, you were like there, you know, you you studied with him. You actually physically interacted with him, you know, when she was telling us stories about him and his character traits. And it was just like, wow, <laughs> this is actually happening right now. <laughs> you know, like those moments. I feel like there's so many of those moments possible all the time in life, like whether or not travel or you know it's just this like element of being open to them and when you're traveling you're pretty much open to everything because you're just out there vulnerable in the world like experiencing things that you didn't know about or didn't expect but if you you can approach every day like that right like you could you could be going to the supermarket and be totally open to whatever and you know have your intentions about yay and be conscious of what's going on around you and you can have those magic moments there as well um there's an amazing quote that I love, which is, I think, by an author. And she says, you know, um, there is magic out there patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper. And that's like it for me. That's like the same that encompasses all of it. But yes, there have definitely been many of those similar synchronicity moments while traveling. And hopefully many more, even while settled down. I think that there's room for them everywhere in life all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. It's amazing. All I could think about was like having those synchronicity moments while creating like art and creating my thing Mm. and like going, Oh my God, I'm doing it. And then like, Oh my God, I'm so (laughs) overwhelmed. And then like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, totally. Do you ever have those moments where you're like sitting doing it and you think back to like you 10 years ago and what that person would say if they like saw you doing what you're doing now?
0: Oh my God. I don't think I've had that yet. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had that one. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Next time you're creating, just sit there and ask ask your past self what they think of it because it's pretty wild. <laughs> like, you know, as I read this thing online the other day that was just you know one of those Instagram posts you scroll by and it like shakes you to your core for a second. And it was just like, um, once you dreamt of being where you are now, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, yeah, I did, <laughs> and now I'm here doing it. <laughs> like, that's wild.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely like. A f- you know, more and more people. Are, you know, I think that's what I probably one of the greatest experiences I want to share with people is just is that is like feeling the power mm. of your own free will meeting you in the future that is now.
1: Whoa! <laughs> I love that. That's so powerful.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still working on that, but we're we're getting there. Yeah
1: yeah there we go <laughs> It's awesome
0: yeah it's awesome. Is there any um final comments any any last um anything you'd like to leave leave us with because you know if if this is gonna be you know the end of this conversation if this is like the closing of a chapter of a book, you know how would you like to finish you, that book?
1: Oh my gosh yeah I think the... There's this feeling that I have in me right now that I wish I could share with everyone listening. And it is this just like total exuberant joy that I think comes from being totally present, the possibility of all the, and the ability that you have to express that in the world as your most authentic self. You know, and I think having this conversation has been an absolute joy. So thank you, Tino. And I think that, you know, for everyone listening to be able to take on whatever it is that is most true to you right now and express it in the world and, you know, feel joy knowing that you're able to make an impact through what is most most near and dear to you. I think that's the power in all of this and this conversation and hopefully it going out into the world and touching a few people to make that kind of impact um, just through being themselves and expressing it. And that would be my my final thoughts on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Thanks for serving your purpose and thanks for making a difference in the world and changing things. Thanks for listening to the Quantum Feedback Podcast at quantumfeedback.org.